Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Will. Today I'm joined by Don Shea, Editor-in-Chief at DNT Publishing, which started in 2020, an author of ABCs of Terror, The Dire Circle, After the Kool-Aid is Gone, and It's All Fun and Games Till Someone Dies. Don, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> Enjoying this uh, nice summer heat, which is taking all my energy. Absolutely. That's, I was just outside with my kids in the water. So. Oh, nice. You guys got a pool? Uh, they, no, they were just in the sprinkler. <laughs> <laughs> those are always the fun days. I miss those childhood days, just running through the sprinkler and the slip and slide and all that. Right. Yeah. Where are you out of? Uh, we are from Corinth, Mississippi. Oh, nice. I'll be there this week, actually. Oh, in Mississippi? Yeah, I'm going to the refinery in uh, Pascagoula. Okay. That's yeah, so... um, down south. We're up at the top of Mississippi. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be all over down south this week. I'll be in Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee. Okay. And maybe New Orleans. I don't know. <laughs> They're sending me all over for work. So. Oh, okay. By the time this airs, the next episode, you guys, I'm going to sound extremely haggard. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> So I usually start these episodes asking, what was one of your favorite scary movies? Like, what is the movie that got you into horror? The movie that got me into horror is probably Creepshow 2, because I remember that's the first movie that I remember watching. And I watched it from behind my daddy's back. Um, <laughs> anytime something was scary would happen, I would get back down, <laughs> get back down behind him. But um, yeah, and I was probably five, six years old, maybe. Um, but um, my favorite horror movie is Pet Cemetery, 1989, not the new trash. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm glad someone agrees. That new one was such a disappointment for me. Yes, me too. Like that scene where they have the truck coming at the kid, and I, I, I liked the uh, the way they switched that around a bit. Like for me, the twist kind of worked, but mm -hmm. just the, the execution of that scene where they get hit by the truck, I started laughing because I was like, This is a Michael Bay movie all of a sudden. Like the yeah. slow-mo of the truck rolling, the big explosion. I was like, right. what are we watching? <laughs> but yeah, Creepshow 2 has got so many great moments in it, like with the uh, wooden Indian and the way they did the makeup for that. And then the raft. Yeah. Oh, my God. That one, to me, was one of the best adaptations of a King story. Yes. The raft still, to this day, I mean, it just freaks me out. I hate going in the lake because of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i think twice before going swimming now especially if you see like a trash bag floating or something yeah <laughs> it's like oh no it's gonna kill us all right <laughs> uh so what books do you read like what uh, who's your favorite horror author is it stephen king or is it somebody different i mean i have a lot of indie horror authors that i love um but i mean just overall throughout my life i would probably have to say king just because i've read him for so long and i've enjoyed so many of his books not so many of his recent ones but mm -hmm. <laughs> um a lot you know his old horror is amazing but um so i'd probably have to go with him overall but um indie horror i mean i love daniel volpe and aaron Beauregard. aaron Beauregard. he's gonna kill me for saying that um <laughs> <laughs> you know um brian barry um robert asic i mean there's so many good ones that i i really enjoy yeah, I was so excited when I met all those guys at the um, Scarce to Care Author Con. I had never read their works, but I was hearing from people like, no, you got to check these guys out. And then I saw them at some of the readings. 
And I was so, so happy I was at that event because I came back with literally 45 books. <laughs> like I, I probably got my year's allowance in books at that convention and I blew through them all so quickly because they were all really good. It's like yeah. they weren't just like they weren't just throwaway horror. They were like well executed horror. Right. But um DT publishing, what got you started with that? Like what made you decide you want to be a publisher? Um, I grew up loving horror. Um, my daddy was a huge horror fan. He he didn't read so much as but he loved horror movies and actually creep show too. I was just had just told the story about that. So um but um, I used to write when I was in middle school and I actually got um, suspended over <laughs> one of the stories that I had written in um, sixth grade. So um, that kind of stopped me from writing for a while. But um, my daddy passed away in 2018. And um, so the majority of 2019, I don't even really remember much about it. Um I was just kind of drifting. I didn't really know where I was supposed to go or what I was supposed to do. Um, I'm an RN by trades. I had come up with this idea for ABCs of Terror, and I was I had a whole list wrote, written out that I was going to write A for this, B for this, and I was going to write all the stories. And I had talked with him about it and um, just asked him what he thought about the idea. And he was like, oh, well, you should have other authors help you write the stories. And I was like, what do you mean? Is that a thing? And he was like, yeah, it's anthology. You can get other authors to help you write the story. So I talked to some author friends that I knew, and he talked to some author friends that he knew. And before long, we had ABCs of Terror. And um, he was like, well, you have to make a publishing label. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, just make, I mean, you know, it can be anything. You just have to have something to put on it. And I was like, okay. So D is for me, and T is for my husband, Timothy. So that's how... We got DNT Publishing, and um, so that, but that was the whole gist of it. We were just going to do these anthologies. We're not going to, you know, we we're going to do just like one or two anthologies a year, and that was it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think we had we had ABCs one out. We had after the Kool Aid's gone, and we were working on ABCs two, and we had been um, we had just had like our one year anniversary. And Joshua McMillan, um, he was one of our authors that had worked, wrote with us for ABCs of Terror. And um, he contacted me one day. And actually the day, actually the exact day before, I had told my husband, I was like, well, what do you think about us starting to publish solo authors? And he was like, well, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be a lot of work. And I was like, I know. And uh, so we had decided that we were just going to, kind of hang on to the idea and talk about it at a later date um and the absolute next day joshua mcmillan messaged me and he was like are y'all going to be publishing solo authors because i really have this book that i want y'all to publish and so i just felt like that was a sign <laughs> you know like what's the odds of that happening um so yeah joshua was the first author we signed and it's been crazy ever since <laughs> and what are some of the things that you look for when you're taking submissions for dnt publishing like formatting wise i know most people are crazy about that. i think it's shunt formatting is that the one you go with too um 
actually, we don't have a preference because when we get ready to format them for them to go, you know, be live, we we do our own formatting. So I don't care what form they send them in. <laughs> what kind of stories do you guys look for? Are you more of like a splatterpunk arena or do you guys go more for like the, you know, atmospheric stuff? What's your favorite? Um, I would say two things. I always just look for a good story overall. Um, I don't read for, you know, I'm not looking for something that's a, you know, a masterpiece that's going to win an award, you know, mm-hmm. um, if it's a good story and I mean, it's a strong story and, you know, it's solid. I mean, I, I'm here for it. Um, but then I also really look for originality. Um, has this been done a hundred times before? Um, is this something new? Is it something fun? Um, I, I really like original stuff and, um, or even if they do, you know, werewolves, vampires, whatever, did you put a new spin on it? Did mm-hmm. you do something that nobody else has done? Um, did you read a uh, Bishop by Candace Nola? No, I haven't. Oh, it was so great. Like they did a different thing with the werewolves. It was a were bear versus a Wendigo. And I was like, oh, yes, okay. like, I love that kind of thing where it's like taking an old trope and turning it on its head. So I can definitely feel that. <laughs> and I'm glad you said yes. Um, well, I'm not glad, but I can understand the being suspended for a horror story thing at a young age because <laughs> the same thing happened to me. Where like my teacher was like, you know, if you hand in a story, I'll give you extra credit in English. So I was handing her all my stories and they were all horror stories. And on yeah. one, I got a mark that said, please see me after class. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was no. like, oh, no. <laughs> and my parents got a call they're like okay there's something wrong with our kid or is he just a writer and i was like uh a little bit about column a combi yeah <laughs> yeah they the same thing happened. they called my grandmother up to the school and it was a big to do you know and they were telling her oh there's something wrong with her you need to take her to counseling she's got you know mental issues you shouldn't be this young <laughs> and writing this stuff you know and my grandmother just flat out told them you know she's grew up reading and and watching horror i mean this is not new to her she's not crazy she's just mm-hmm. writing what she knows <laughs> well so. arguably to be a publisher you have to be a little crazy right <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> um so what conventions are you guys going to do you guys go to the uh, scares of care or anything uh we're going to AuthorCon in march april <laughs> um yeah, the scares that care. Um, we're going to, we didn't get to go this year because my job with COVID and everything has been so crazy. So, mm-hmm. um, but we got tickets to go next year. I was so amazed by how quickly they sold out for um, scares that care author con too. Cause yeah. I was telling everybody, like I was in line at Walmart with an entire car and I got a call from somebody saying, if you're going to go next year, you need to get a table right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you can shop later. Just get out of the store, go get a table right now. And I'm glad I did. Cause five minutes later, all gone in the first half yeah. hour. Like I'm just amazed by what they accomplished with scares the care. Oh, absolutely. I was the same way. I was just sitting at home. I think I was watching TV and Joshua McMillan uh, messaged me and he was like, um, dude, if you want a table, you better get it now because mm-hmm. they're selling out. I think there was two left when I got one. <laughs> They'd open up at a, a second floor for it. I'm amazed by that. I never thought that author kind of would get that big that quickly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so when you're writing, do you outline or how do you go about it? What's your process? No, I don't. Um, I know a lot of people would probably frown about that, but um, I do not outline. I just, he didn't go. 
I feel that that's about what I do. It's like almost everyone on here. I've asked that question to, they all say the same thing almost is they don't like outlining because it's too rigid in structure, but Wesley, he was the only one who said, yes, I outline Wesley Southard, uh, Southard, Um, Southard. I always feel like I'm saying his name wrong. (laughs) I don't know how to say it either. So, (laughs) but I think he was the only one who said, yeah, I like rigidly outline every part of my books. I'm like, dude, I've never heard a writer say that. Some, I think, you know, um, that outline, but yeah, for the most part, I'm the same way. I don't really know anybody that does it. I think it's a lost art. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like outlining on its own is almost like a first draft where you're still like meticulous in the way you're doing it and you're still putting all of your effort and due diligence in. It's just like bare bones of what is this thing going to be? And to me, sometimes it's more work than actually just writing the first draft. Right. I agree. Uh, what are some of the um, challenges with being a publisher? Like, what are some of the things that kind of hold you up? Um, being on someone else's timeline, um, <laughs> is, it makes my OCD kick in sometimes. Um, you know, just as far as like the, you know, because we have... Um, editors that help Patrick C. Harrison the third he um helps edit and then we have Jimmy Heidecker he helps edit because I don't have time um to do all of the books um so when I'm having to wait on them to edit a book and then um Don Noble does our covers and I have to wait on him sometimes to do things and um Jay-Z Foster he does our formatting and um you know, just being there with there being so many um, people involved in, in a book, making a book, um, sometimes it gets a little, um, <laughs> it makes my OCD kick in because I'm like, oh, but um, we always end up pulling it together and I need to learn to stop worrying about it. But every single time I start freaking out thinking we're not going to get, we're not going to get done in time. <laughs> I feel that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I know like every time I sit down to edit something for a first pass, it's like two weeks of no sleep. Cause even when I'm not editing, I'm like, I, I missed something last night. Like the last time I edited, I know I missed something. <laughs> so I get like this 20 page slump of, okay, this part, is it perfect yet? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are some of the authors that you really love? Like who, who did you read as a kid? That was your biggest influence on wanting to be like an avid reader. Um, that would definitely be R.L. Stein and um, Christopher Pike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I devoured all their books. You know, I started with like Goosebumps and then went on to Fear Street and the Christopher Pike books. And um, but when I was probably, I'd say, eleven or twelve, um, my uncle had moved out of the house and he had left a copy of Skeleton Crew by Stephen King in one of the um drawers in the nightstand and I got it and I read it and I was so enthralled with him and my daddy like I said he loved hard and he supported me reading whatever so I would always ask my daddy to buy me Stephen King books and he would and Mm. I was so excited (laughs) that is a good dad (laughs) yeah what would you say is uh, your favorite book of all time do you have one pet cemetery oh yeah (laughs) that was a great one that That's was one I think like, it truly got under my skin. It's, I think when I was a kid or when I first read it, when I was younger, um, it was definitely, you know, like 
the zombie, I think, because I'm a huge zombie fan. I have been all my life. Um, so I think it was kind of the um, the zombie feel that it had to it for me. But then as I got older um, and had my own children, then it took on a whole different meaning, you know, because then you got into the what would you do if it was you? And um, that's a horrifying thought, you know, um, not only your kid um, dying, but if you had the opportunity, would you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you say the horror industry needs more of in terms of writing? Like what's going to carry us forward for the next 10 years? Because things have changed so rapidly in the past five years, like where Splatterpunk is becoming like a resurging thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know Splatterpunk is, you know, big and, but I don't know if that's always going to carry through. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it seems like it comes in waves. Um, but I think, and, and you know, it's kind of the reason Stephen King holds up so well. Um, just because, you know, there's something about his books, whichever one you pick, there's something in there that scares you, uh, you know, in your most basic way. Um, and I think that we, as a industry, um, need to understand that, you know, the, the gross out and the, you know, the splatter and all that. Is, I mean, it's fun, but you need something at the end of the day that's going to make people because after I read a splatter book after I read a splatter punk book I usually am not going to go back and read it again I mean you know it was fun while I was reading it but it's not one of those that's gonna you know I'm gonna go back and I want to read this again um I just I don't know I feel like we need to you know it needs to be um, at least something that's going to hold up over time. Mm-hmm. I think there was one in particular I read this past year that I automatically was like, I need to read this again. And that was uh, Christopher Triana's Full Brutal. Because like, not only was it absolutely a brutal story, but the characterization, like the pacing, I was like, I can learn from rereading this book, like how to be a better writer. <laughs> I was like, that dude just blows me away with his talent. And, the, and that makes a difference. You know, if you if you have a splatter punk book and you know, and you're not, and you actually have a story behind it or there's a lesson in there or, you know, something that's gonna, you know, speak, speak to people, then, you know, those are the kind of books that I mean, that I, I mean, need to continue. Um, not just books that are just for splatter and, you know, growth out or whatever. Um, those are the ones that I feel like don't get picked up again. Um, to read but um you know the there are some spider pump books and don't i mean you know there aaron writes some daniel writes some um there's i mean definitely spider pump books that have um stories and meanings behind them and, and i'm sure lots of people will be reading them again mm-hmm. um but I, I mean i know there's some though that there's you know <laughs> they're just like a fun top book and you know well, Don, thank you so much for being on the show. And also thank you for being an RN because we need more of those in the world, especially now. <laughs> and I really well, appreciate your service. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here and I appreciate you having me.